Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the movie Microscope. My name is Nick Miazira. I'm here with <laughs> Is that how you pronounce it? This is the Stanley Kubrick of uh, podcasts now. I mean, how many? T- I feel like Shelley Duvall. We have tried this so many times. I feel like Shelley Duvall all the time. This following episode contains spoilers for the film or films being discussed. You have been warned. remember the big moments in the movies we see. The big set pieces, the famous dialogue, the twists, the naked times. But film is an entity made up of hundreds of little moments that either make them special or relegate them to obscurity. We are here to talk about those moments. Welcome to Movie Microscope. Kick it, Movie Microscope. Today's episode is Morbius. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest movie, Microscope. My name is Nick Manziata, and I'm your gracious host. Alongside me, the spectacled, the testicled, begotten, misbegotten, Ephralias Merhees Shotten, fighting this fucking dream, standing upside down in the soul shand. Justin Waddell, what's going on? Oh, man. Nick, as you well know, I'm wearing a fake finger today that I found. It's like my, my kids had left it on the desk. It's a fake fingertip. Is that a prop from fear? Oh, my God. <laughs> the roller coaster scene, Nick. You yeah. bringing it up? Would you say that's the most erotic scene in film history? The roller coaster scene from Fear. Yeah, gets me. Uh, gets me thinking. Yeah, yeah I need to get up. to an amusement park stat. I mean, he. I, it, it was an amusement park during that scene for one of them, at least. I don't know. You know, I, I feel his character was unfairly maligned in that film. David. And, and the problem, the the only problem he had, Nick. Wrong finger. Daddy noticed. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) That movie is maybe one of the best episodes we've ever done. We both were just loving fear when we watched it. And because it started our all-time favorite. Did we watch it together? William L. We did. And we recorded it very late. But it's a gift that keeps on giving. I mean, it's led to some forever shit. Do you think there's a chance? Because there are all these, you know, studios are resurrecting old properties to get more cash. Is there a fear verse on the table? Don't get me excited, goddammit. Yeah, Fearverse? I mean, That'd be great if if uh, Multitudes of Madness or whatever it's called. Multiverse of Madness. That's the spoiler. It's Doctor Strange opens up a rip and fucking we see the the, the, the coaster finger happen. And, and Except it, it's not Reese Witherspoon in this multiverse. It's Gabrielle yeah. Reese, you know? Oh my goodness. And yeah, instead yeah, of yeah. Mark Warburg. It's Donnie. It's that other brother that was in The Departed, weird guy. Well, let me zoom in. Donnie Wahlberg married to? Duddits. <laughs> is he married to Brittany Daniel? He is not. I'll give you one more guess. Brittany Daniel's twin. No. Jenny McCarthy. That's right. I knew it was somebody that was like that, though. Because Brittany Daniel and her... Like, one of them is married to Cole Hauser, right? The, the anti-vax OG, Jenny McCarthy. She was the one that kind of 
was beating the drum early for you know the anti-vaccine you know anti um she said that you know it was linked to autism and her son was apparently autistic turns out he wasn't (laughs) (laughs) mine is (laughs) she is a an insane person and then she you know and she got on the donnie Wahlberg train that makes me like her a little bit donnie Wahlberg, still with new kids on the block has a new song i listen to it i don't hate it are you talking about the one from like a year and a half ago no it just came out they shot a video for it because there was one like about a year and a half two years ago that, uh, that wasn't awful either I just, I mean, I, I'm always keeping track of what's going on with them. With the new kids? Yeah, me too. Uh, you know, and they... Lori Laughlin. Um... Oh, wow. That's a that's a deep cut. Look, here, that's what I'm saying about new kids. Last word, I remember when they hit it big, and I, w- I think I was in high school, or maybe just early, late middle school, early high school, and my mom wanted me to purchase their debut CD... For my kid hanging, sister's friend, hanging tough. I don't. I think that might have been after. I refused. I wouldn't do it. I said I can't look uncool, and I, I should have done it. I should have. I should have done it for See, my mom. I had a friend back in the day that was a fan, so I think I remember all the people from that band. Joey McIntyre, Donnie Wahlberg. It's about it for me. You got Jordan. Okay. Do you know his last name? There's two brothers, Jordan and John. Okay. That's it's too much to ask for me to know their name. Danny was the was the monkey looking guy. He was the monkey monkey. I just know that Johnny McIntyre or I'm sorry, was it what's his name? Joey McIntyre was kind of the pretty boy. And I think the younger of all of them, I think he might have been the youngest, the baby boy. Jordan Knight, right? Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. With a K and maybe Mm -hmm. John Knight. Yeah. And then Marky Walbs and then monkey looking Danny. Marky Walbs was not in there. I mean, uh, Donnie Walps. Mm-hmm. Actually, Marky was a piece of the new kids at one point. That's trivia. Was he? I'll zoom yeah. in. Zoom in. Anyway, just, just we digress. But When COVID first hit, there was a checklist, mm-hmm. a verification checklist. It was like Snopes back then. Yeah. To kind of verify a source. And the first question on that list was, are they married to Donnie Wahlberg? <laughs> that was the first, that was the first red flag. Donnie Wahlberg, man, he's he's kept his career alive for a long time. I mean, I'm you got to hand it to him. A man with limited talents, I'd say, rocking him through the decades. Wasn't he on like one of those Law and Orders for a long time though? Didn't I he? I think he was. Yeah, yeah, he played a waste paper basket in a corner. I believe that that was Ta- his character on the if show. If I'm he not threw, mistaken, you know who else was crumpled on up that paper at his face? Huh? You know, if I'm not mistaken, you know who else was on that show? Tom yeah. Cullen. Was he it was, Tom, he, Tom Cullen himself, Bill uh, Fagerbacki? No, 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 actual Tom Cullen, because that was the spinoff called Laws Yes in Order. Oh, my God. I, didn't, I just found out that Bill, the guy that played Tom Cullen, Bill, is that how you say his last name? I think it's Fagerbacki. He's, he's longtime, uh, a longtime SpongeBob voice actor. Which character? I think Patrick. I, I don't know what that means. He's the starfish. Okay. I think. Let me zoom in. But it's a shot in the dark. I hope it's accurate. By the way, I'm pretty proud to have mentioned, and I, I'll, I'll repeat, Brittany Daniel has a twin. They're, she does. And, I know and, that. And Cole Hauser's married to that twin. Am I right? You might be right, actually. I don't know if the, the I don't know who he's married to, but he might he might have married into the Daniel, the Daniels. But I remember she was from. I remember Brittany Daniel was in Club Dread, right? Yeah, and then the, the together the two sisters they'll get together. They'll have sex with. 
one of them will have sex with Kohlhauser and then they'll direct Swiss Army Man. Am I not mistaken? <laughs> oh, they're the same Daniels. Interesting. I didn't know. Are they were they Disney stars? Can you can you zoom in that hard? I think Where they, did they were. come up. Yeah, I think they, they were because they, they were twins and they were hot. So it was called like sweet, sweet nothings or something, right? Or they, maybe they were in Sweet Valley High. Maybe they were the Sweet Valley High treats. Is that right? Are you Is that another shot in the dark zoom that you're hoping is accurate? My <laughs> God, taking, I hope so. I'm taking a giant swig. My uh, dad's cousin. Oh, I like uh, where this is going. His grandson is in film school. And he said, he texted me. He said, Justin, what's the name of your podcast? My film student grandson wants to listen to it. And I said, well, we're the movie microscope. But then I gave him a list of podcasts that he might want to check out that has film information. Do you know? And then my dad's cousin said, didn't you guys just do the cursed? I was like, oh, yes, we did. Actually, did I say Sweet Valley High? Maybe. Nailed it. Nailed. I don't oh. think you said the Babysitter's Club. And I think those are the two I always get mixed together. I, I don't even know. No, I don't know what that means. Brittany Daniel, which is, I mean, the hotter of the two, if you want to pick, split hairs, mm -hmm. married to somebody I've never heard of. Considering kids these days, more like Tweet Valley High, Nick. You're right. More like Tweet Valley High. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, because that is certainly cutting edge Twitter at this point. Oh, the kids love it. The kids are all over Twitter. They they love it. Yeah. More like Sweet Valley. Check out my TikToky. We can't even, we don't even know the new, like we're, TikTok's probably not even cool anymore. We don't even, we're not even, we're so old that we we don't know what the cool is. What's the cool? What's the cool movie, one? Movie microscope mm. on the internet. Squadcast. Super cool. Killing it. Squadcast. Okay. So we record this uh, when we're not together, we are recording through COVID through Squadcast and um, Squadcast been giving us some trubs, man. Yeah. It's, it's, it's in the terrible twos, man. Some technical difficulties. We try to get this this very sought after episode you know, recorded a couple of days ago, didn't work, and then today we're having trouble getting it. This off. is bullshit. We got to live up now, though. It's the effort has to you know equal the the output, don't you think? Is that the old saying? I'm pretty sure because of what we've endured to try mm -hmm. to get this into reality, we'll get at least a comment. I'll comment. I like to comment. Like what I did the other day was you had. I think maybe today you posted that we didn't get any comments. Then from the movie microscope account, I responded to you, went back to my Twitter account and liked our comments. Yeah. That's how the, that's how the cool kids do it. I'm being investigated for that. <laughs> Unethical. Um, yeah, get, getting look, a little high, throw, high on one's own supply. Right. I'll throw a like, look, someone has to, uh, give us a pity like for gosh sakes. No, we do. We get a couple likes every, every for posts. We get five or six. We're not exactly, you know, burning up the charts, but we're doing it. No, we're burning up the charts. Yeah, we're actually we're burning up on the chart, like we're burning up and dying near the charts. Yeah. That sounds that sounds yeah. more accurate. Like, yeah, it's, like if you were to look mm -hmm. at the charts and just look a little to the left, there's Luke's cottage, and I'm Owen and you're Baru. Yeah, we're curled up in a humping position. Uh, we did make a list. We did make it onto um a list. Our podcast finally made it onto a list. Which one? existing podcasts <laughs> we did make it yeah holy shit three plus years of consistency nothing else <laughs> we zoomed in i mean this the thing is do any other podcast maybe other i listen to a few other podcasts but i don't listen to a lot 
Do other podcasts dare to zoom in like we do? I don't think so. I, they feign. They feign to zoom. I think we're the only people that really get in deep and zoom in. So I'm gonna uh, before we get into the episode, I will say that this movie does feature Ty- Tyrese Gibson saying "zoom in." It does. We Nick and I high fived in the theater, and then it was only a mere two days after I had watched Escape Plan and movie microscope legend Jim Caviezel. <sighs> Also said, zoom in. QAnon's own Jim Caviezel in this. And so, he, you said he was good in Escape Plan, right? Yeah, as good as a Jim Caviezel could be. What comes to mind when I see a Jim Caviezel on screen? Versatile, you know? Yeah. That guy changes it up. You know, he really digs deep for his characters, varies his performances. Sometimes I'm like, is that Jim Caviezel? He's just a chameleon. Sometimes he'll Cam- use eight of his facial muscles to form an expression. Don't round up. <laughs> Caviezel is he still hired or is he is he on is he now on Hollywood's blacklist because he went he's spouting um conspiracy theories or is he still hired do people still want to work with uh, I have no idea Caviezel I know that Gibson was going to do a sequel uh, to his um Jesus movie with the uh, old Jimmy C coming back I don't think so that's not happening Mel Gibson man he's still around yeah he actually kind of He's sort of a, a rags to riches story when it comes to, uh, you know, sort of getting canceled and then coming back somewhat. Still sort of canceled, but still sort of Mel Gibson. He works all the time. Yeah, he's not maybe a list, but he still works all the time. Um, I know he's in the news because they he was spouting about God, which is amazing. And then during an interview and then they asked him, I, I didn't read it the head, or see the interview, but I think they asked him about the Will Smith thing. And I think his handler like pulled Gibson from the interview over it or something. I don't don't quote me, but something like that happened. I know he was definitely, um, you know, spitting out uh, religious tips, you know, next to God, things like that. He does seem like a righteous man, Nick. He does seem very religious. And he did Hacksaw Ridge, right? He did do it. Yeah. Andrew Garfield, right? Can you imagine the LinkedIn fallout for adding Mel Gibson handler to your resume? (laughs) I don't know if it's handler. It's his agent. I don't. Let me see. Mel. Yeah, it says Mel Gibson handler stops interview after Oscars slap uh, question. They got to get him out of there before he's. I guess he says a bad word. Maybe they were worried that he was going to say something horrible about two uh, black performers because he's known to be a racist piece of shit. But he's still great working. Yeah. Oh. Somehow. I thought you were going to say great, and I was playing with you. Uh, speaking Still, of playing with, did we talk about fear on this incarnation yet of the recording, or is that for a preview? I can't remember. Were you I think were... we did. I think we must have because I think we started talking about Donnie Wahlberg, so we must have talked about fear. All right, so you had a fake finger on that. You still wearing that fake motherfucker? I'm wearing a fake finger. Yeah, I mean, it's feeling. It feels like a part of me. What do you? How does it look over the video? Does it it look looks disconcerting. You know what it does? It sort of reminds me of uh, of sex. <laughs> Well, that's how we got fear started, right? Okay. That's not my intention, by the way. I just like to, I feel comfortable wearing a fake finger like Gwyneth does in the Royal Tenenbaum. She has a wooden finger in that. I'm getting a, uh, the hours kind of thing. Is that the, she, was that the one with the nose? Who had the fake? It is. Yeah, it is. The hours, uh, Nicole Kidman wore. Virginia uh, Woolf. Virginia Woolf had a, I guess a, a prominent nose. And Kidman decided that she needed to properly represent her look. So she and she got a lot of hack uh, flack for that. And hack. And hack. She got hacked for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's not beat around the proverbial bush. That's okay. It's a movie microscope. 
folks. Shall we resume it? We get tight-lipped in the sea. We rent all the houses. <laughs> we shake hands with the Frenchman and shake heads with the Wrenchman, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> we get rented. We, we eat kelp with the dollar. We take a bird's beak. We ride an astronaut through the cosmic, burn apart upon reentry. We scrote burn Gorman. <laughs> Do inventory at the warehouse. We delist the SKUs. We press the buttons while the night's good. We suck a gatekeeper until he's dry. Talk about a movie with a burgeoning eye and sickness. Viscosity through our souls. Watching the movie with the heart believer. <laughs> Beeping out and rubbing stone, ladies and gentlemen. See what makes or break. Share with the likes of you, the listener. So if we were talking about Revolution Road, I'm talking about the scene where the world's favorite actor. Stomach muscles up. Talk about the little moment. Is that DiCaprio? Yeah. Winslet? Yeah. Period and, movie. Period movie. And um what's to- your face? Topher Grace? Zoe Kazan's in there? Topher's in there? No, no. Ben Foster? Who's in? Is that just, Sam Mendes? Of course. It's gotta be Mendes. Yeah. It's gotta be. Let's drop my fake finger. Hey, you know what? We I think we did talk about in this version of the podcast. We did talk about fear. We I don't think this is the version that we talked about Billy Bathgate, though. We talked about Billy Bathgate last episode. Well, or we, I'm sorry, last attempt. It sucks that we did. It sucks that we did. Because you had a line in there. You said, "Where do I remember where I was during Bathgate? <laughs> <laughs> so I thought it was pretty good. Now I stole your joke. Well, that's fine. So, guys, it's a huge one. Morb. I know that it is a hit. It's a bona fide hit. It's a box office smash. And now the audience is shortening the name to Morb out of affection and love for this film. Same thing, but it's okay. I'm going to go um, ahead and say it is not a success. Huge smash at the theater. Huge smash at the in the in the box office. How much did it make worldwide? Let's just go. I know it made 39 mil US. Say Morbius. That didn't cover Jared Leto's fingernail polish budget. Morbius Worldwide Gross. Is there- oh, $84 million debut. That's not good. Damn, that's not bad. I think it only costs, I think it, they said it cost less than $100 million to make, and I couldn't tell. It feels like a $200, $200 million movie to me. It's a lot of effects. Star Wattage. Jared Who's Leto. In this film? Jared Leto. Who's in this film? <laughs> you don't have to yawn when you say his name. I mean, he is a questionable presence. That we have to keep dealing with. I but know he's like a fucking roach. He's a you know one thing you have to hand it to him. I, I will go. I'll throw him this. A lot of actors turned rockers cannot make that into a success. Uh, we we talked recently about David Duchovny. He is always hitting the um, the music scene. Uh, Keanu Reeves tried to do it with Dog Star back in the day. It is not an easy task. Uh, Kevin Costner killing it. Uh, Billy Bob Thornton and the. Uh, the box cutters, wherever the hell they're called. Right. No, that's not their name. But you know, he... Sutherland, Lore Street, Morb Street. Now he the yeah, Bacon he, Bros, he, man. The Bacon Bros. So, I mean, it's not. But you know, Jared Leto, Thirty Seconds to Mars. Like they had a. I can't name one of their songs. Can you? No, I don't even know no, what I, one of their songs is. I don't but, want to. His voice annoys the fuck out of me. They, though they're still a band, and I think they're. A sensation like i think they're worldwide um people come to see them in concert now, big in big numbers what about hey phantom planet that's right jason schwartzman's band back in the day i don't think they're still together i think they are but he left after the first record did he he still makes music i think uh the ronnie cox sextuplet 
That was a good act. Ronnie Cox, another person that we talked extensively <laughs> about our one our another throwaway version of this podcast. Yeah, one of the epi- one of the moments where Squadcast took a wet donkey on us. So let's just say this, Ronnie. We figured out Ronnie Cox from Deliverance, Deliverance fame. I had to be reminded that he was in The Beast Within. But Nick said he is eighty three years young, right? Is eighty three? Yeah, and he put a wife in the ground after many decades of togetherness. She passed away. Is what she you're she died after many married in the in sixty. Died in the two thousands. They had a yeah, good a long run. marriage. Yeah, and uh, probably had some kids. And Ronnie Cox. I don't know if he's still working, but a prolific actor, very memorable. He can name so many of his films. One of the voices on SpongeBob. <laughs> is he still out there? Yes, I know he's alive. Yeah, is he still out there working? He's still out there. Yep, is he working. Yeah, he's still out there doing it. Yeah. What's his last film? I don't know, but he's still killing, and he's he's a storyteller. Oh my God, he's in a movie coming out called Demon Star. See, where he plays Captain Cunningham. He's in Being the Ricardos. I'm telling you, the guy is he's, still roughing it up in the world, man. He went from working with Aaron Sorkin and Being the Ricardos to working with the Dream Project of one Jesse Griffith. And Demon Star. Yeah. Working alongside of Nicola Lambeau and Richard Gunn. John Root in this. Sarah Gorski in here. Rochelle Rose. Will Burke. I mean, Ronnie Cox. Demon Star is to cinema as the movie Microscope is to your favorite podcast app. (laughs) You got to fall backwards into a rabbit hole to find it. Demon Star was formerly titled Cockpit Demon Star as it was a continuation of a short. However, when exchanging emails regarding the project, often the emails would end up in producer spam folder due to the first four letters of the title, which was cock. <laughs> Trivia entered by Arcox604. <laughs> the fact that it actually has trivia. Demon Star is incredible. It has almost as much trivia as this movie does, Morbius. Let's do this real quick before we get into the film. On a scale to 1 to 10, 10 being the greatest fan, 1 being a very good fan. Rate your uh, love of, you know, what's your relationship like with Morbius, the the character, the comic book character? I could recognize him on a page. So you know who he is. I could tell what, uh, yeah, I know what the shape of Morbius looks like. Like I know. Now you were an extensive comic book collector, more so than myself. I, I had a lot of comics as well. I don't think I own any comics containing Doctor Michael Morbius. Do you? Yeah. Okay. Now tell me how. How did that come about? Were you seeking out that character, or just no, happened? No, to come he would. In... Ju- you just be picking up like if you were a Spider-Man collector. And we're mm-hmm. dumb enough to collect all the different Spider-Man titles. Inevitably, the cheapest one, like Web of Spider-Man, would come out. And they'd have a picture of this prick on there. And they'd be like, enter the maelstrom of Dr. Morbius. You know, it's like Morbius. Yeah. And he's a vampire. He's the living vampire. Do you know? Did you know what that meant? Yeah, it meant he was a vampire who was alive. So he's not undead. Like, he's not drinking. He's just, he's alive and vamp- vampiric. Like, he drinks blood, but he's also just walking around. Yeah, you can't fuck him. You can't put a crucifix up against him, and, and he hates it. Sun doesn't bother him. Exactly. Okay, but he does. He does. He is vamp vampiric. Is that the right? He sucks. Did he ever get his teeth into um, Spider Man's neck? I don't think so. Did he ever taste the blood of one Peter Parker? He didn't. Are you sure? No. But he was like, I think he was of a cadre of fifth tier Marvel characters. 
of which the likes, I guess like the Marvel Knights type of mm-hmm. guys, like the, you know, werewolf by night kind yeah. of guys. I think the he gothic. Fits, I think he fits in with those assholes. He wasn't always a baddie, right? I think he started out as a baddie, but he was a complicated figure, just like he is in this movie. He's more heroic in this, I'd say. But is do you he? think if you ever do you think do you think if you ever try to bite Spider Man, Spider Man would think fast and shoot webs around his teeth to cushion the cushion the puncture? I think he'd let it happen. You like you think he likes it? He, his Spidey sense wouldn't let it happen. I don't think unless it's delightful. You know, if he's like loving it. Mm-hmm. Does yeah. the Spidey sense trigger off if something great's about to happen to him? <laughs> I don't know. We'd have to ask Kevin Feige, the holder of all the secrets now and all the lore. Kevin Feige sniggering as he watched the uh, box office tallies come in for Morbius. I don't know why. They they predicted worse, so $39 million's kind of a win. They thought maybe it would be early, thir- you know, you know, in the early 30s. Is that right? The, the... Low 30s? Low thirties, yeah. Early thirties. Look, let's talk about Morbius. Let's let's just get it out of the way. He's a piece you didn't of rate shit. your your fandom. That's okay. We'll skip past that. What did you? Were you excited to see this one? For reasons, yeah. I mean, I, I wanted to see it because I knew it was Morbius, and, and mm-hmm. we had, I knew we had to do it. We've talked about it quite a while. It's been a sort of running joke because it's a, it's a forever delayed movie coming out on April Fool's Day, starring the absolute worst. <sighs> Definitely starring the absolute worst. Um, you know, he's he's in the news now for some, you know, he's always had these kind of allegations of that he's like kind of hit on or, you know, underage women, or, I'm sorry, like underage girls. And he always had this creepiness associated with him. And so now that he's in a movie, very high profile film, these allegations are kind of coming back up. Just makes me wonder why Sony would want to jump into a relationship with him. But, you know, look, you got to get Leto in your movie. It's a necessity. I can't think of anybody else that could have tackled this role. It had to be Leto. Get anybody. Why do you Why do you think they want to work with... Is he, he must sell some tickets overseas, maybe. Is that why? No. He's just somehow relevant. To he won an Oscar. He's in movies. That must be it, yeah. It must be it. For Dallas Buyers Club. It must, he was, he, you know, he wears a lot of makeup in a Ridley Scott movie, and he and he's somehow still... There's, there's nothing he's never been likable in anything ever yeah he's only been hateable and he's only fed that with his off-screen antics i always think that like he is um people always kind of say that oh man he's really good like and, and stuff and then you watch it and you're like eh, it's not that good and like i remember people said that he was good in lord of war and he's i think he's bad in lord of war i don't think he was good in blade runner he was kind of a nothing of character yeah kind of nothing character but still he's supposed to be the baddie I think the problem, well, that is, the, luckily that girl, that was his enforcer. Was she amazing. was so good in that movie. Yeah, the, she she made up. The problem, here, the thing, here's the thing about Jared Leto, and this is probably mm-hmm. more damning to me than anything else. I never feel like when I'm watching him that he is not acting with a capital A. Yeah. He does not disappear into roles. He he He's like that guy at your high school who loves, he loves the stage just a little too much, and it permeates everything about their the way they talk. I mean, everybody had one of those people they went to school with who was just a little too into it, a little too loud about it. And then, sure, they, they were able to execute a performance, but it was not without a yeah, little grandeur. Seemed showy, yeah, yeah, a little bit of... That's what I get from him. There's a few let's people get, like that, though. You know? Let's get this out of the way. His best film, though. Like, his a great performance by him, Urban Legend. 
He was That's in. unforgettable. Okay. Unforgettable. What do you mean he was in it? You know, you remember. He's an urban legend. He played Paul Gardner. He was. Uh, the, he had. He had. He was in uh, American Psycho, and he had a famous name, right? In American Psycho. Yeah. Did he have a famous uh, name? The same name as a famous person. Paul Allen. Yeah. Wasn't that one of the? He's in Panic Room, which I like. I mentioned on one of our boarded recordings for this that I did like. I did like him in Panic Room. Doesn't he get his head, head completely shot? He gets killed. He tries to leave, I think, and he gets killed by the other bad guy. I think he gets his head completely shot with a stocking on it. I don't think he gets his sh- head shot. Maybe. I think he gets his head shot with a stocking. He doesn't leave. He doesn't leave. But Forrest Whitaker doesn't like what happens, even though he's one of the bad guys. He's kind of the good, a good guy in that because there's a really bad, bad guy. Dwight Yoakam's in it too, right? Dwight Yoakam. Was he the bad guy that shot Leto? Maybe. I love Dwight Yoakam. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so let's talk. What's the plot of this movie? Look, 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 look. Dr. Michael Morbius is brilliant, motherfucker. Born with a completely deliberate... What is it? What's the word? He has a a blood-destroying disease. He's got a shit disease that makes his limbs shit, and he can't walk, and he's shitty. He's real... He's paper thin, he can't walk, and he has a blood-destroying disease, and he's in a a 10-year-old at a hospital. He gets to get blood transfusions all the time. What happened? You said 10-year-old at the hospital... (laughs) Like this is not. I, this is not. We're not talking about his personal life, man. Let's get back on track. <laughs> and so he is in there, and they're they're doing. He's being taken care of by a very nice Jared Harris, and they're like, you know, we got to transfuse this blood and keep your ass alive. By the way, Fuck here's it. a new roommate that also has the same exact disease. His name's Lucius or Lucian. I don't know what his name is. And Leto's character, Mike, Michael Morbius, as a young man renames this character Milo because the first person that occupied was his roommate and then maybe died was named Milo. And every time someone new comes in to replace oh, it's because his blood is Otis positive. He calls him Milo. So the re- and, and you know, they have a, a, a brotherhood. They have a brotherly relationship. That, and, you know, that, Michael's by the way, that brotherly relationship completely happens off camera because it goes from him making fun of this guy as being expendable, just like the last few people that were in that scene mm-hmm. who died, yeah. to him getting picked on in a fight, to them being best friends as grownups. Well, I think that he has this this character has this you know this this wall. You can't get through it. Yeah. But somehow, let's just call it an ice wall that Milo melts. over time melts, or I don't know, smashes with a baseball bat. He gets through it. They become friends. And then look, Michael Morbius, he's too smart. Jared Harris notices he's smart. He goes, you can't stay here in this hospital in bed. I need to get you out to a this program. I think he goes to Idaho. Is that right? I have no idea where he goes. Let's just say he's, he, do, he, he does mention a school for gifted youngsters in New York, which is, a, I guess, an X-Men reference. And he says, get ye to there and be smart and become Jared Leto. And figure out your disease. So that's his promise to Milo when he leaves is like, I'm going to solve this problem. I'm going to create a cure for this blood destroying disease that we have. I hope you continue to stay blood destroying for the rest of this episode. I think I read it online. That's why I keep saying it. So what do you think? What do you think of that setup here? Sucks. Uh, I hate Jared Leto so much. And they found the other actor in Hollywood who I hate almost as much to play grown up Milo. Matt Smith, right. The, the, the once Doctor Who, Matt Smith, everybody likes him from that. I don't know Matt Smith that much. I just, his, oh. he, he, 
I don't. He was I, in last night at Soho, and it, I don't really remember him from other things. It's unfair to hate somebody based on their appearance, but it's right. also unfair to put somebody in front of a camera that looks like that. It's not fair. He's got his fans, Matt Smith. There are people that want him to be James Bond. How did he happen? How did he get to be have the name Matt Smith? Like you know how actors can't they have to change their names all the time. Is there not another actor named Matt Smith? Matthew Smith? Like what happened? He got Matt Smith and after his middle, all this time. His, his middle name is Robert too. Is his name? Are you kidding? Is his name Robert? You know this? He, he was just on a podcast and he said his full name is Matthew Robert Smith. So I was so it certainly couldn't go by Robert Smith because the last thing you want to be is compared to that nightmare. Sounds like someone in a witness protection program. It really does. I yeah. I didn't. They didn't do much. That's not a very creative name. Let's rename him. All right. Let's do it. Meghorn Paulson. Perfect. Let's just keep that one. First time. That's per- Meghorn Paulson. Yeah. Is that what you said? Yeah. Meghorn Paulson. Okay. That's good. That's his name. So Meghorn Paulson's in this, and he plays <laughs> the grown-up Milo. And um, and so what when we when we meet. Jared Leto for the first time at the beginning of the film before this flashback happens to the to childhood. He's standing, I guess, where in South America. They say yeah. there's a there's a, a Chiron that sh- shows you where they're at. And he is like, he's like, I got to get me some vampire bats. And so he goes to a cage, stands in, in front of it with a box and does something that he said. It's like he's standing in front of a strainer. And I thought, right. why is he going to try to like make the bats get bisected on their way past him? It was very, very strange. He just needs to capture some bats so he can test their blood. He's got a theory, Nick. He thinks this blood, the blood from these vampire bats, can cure his blood destroying disease. Yeah. And guess what? He's right. He's half right. Oh. It kind of doesn't. It kind of temporarily cures it. As long as you, the thing is, as long as he keeps drinking blood you know what i'm saying as long as he keeps capri sun and blood then his blood destroying disease is kept at bay and he gets to look like a very svelte and cut and jacked jared leto but when he doesn't drink the blood oh man he resumes his you know flat stanley form yeah he frowns out he frails out he frails out for sure now I, I someone on Twitter today said that he so he is um on um uh he, he's like has those what are what are those called like you know not a walker but the arm not crutches I mean just call it you know it's dumb uh he he's disabled and in the movie you can't walk without the help of these uh, crutches or whatever and so um they said Jared Leto on set when he had to go to the bathroom he wouldn't drop those he would walk to the bathroom with those those crutches in character and it said that it would take forever for him to get back and forth but he refused to not do it because it helped him stay in character so it held, held him keep the aura of michael morbius i thought you, i thought you were i thought that was a joke it is not a joke as confirmed by the director daniel espinoza we've done a film by him before life which we both liked and, you know, Daniel Espinosa in that interview had hinted that maybe uh, this wasn't quite his film that he had shot, that the studio had a lot of say in how it ended up. He's I, like, I believe it. He's I like, it. the film I shot wasn't this great. He was very diplomatic about it, but he hinted that he said, I like to have a little bit more control in my films. Like Safe House. 
He did that too. He also shot. Yeah. He did shoot that. Yeah. He did direct that. Anyway. So yeah, I mean, let's. I mean, so the movie ends with. Um... <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about the transformation. So he's got a, an actress here plays his another doctor helping him. I feel bad for this actress because she was in both Morbius and another movie. I've. That is even worse than this movie, the Belko experiment. You hate name that. Is, you, you hate that movie. I hate it. His name is her name is Adria Arjona. I really I think the Belko experiment is just such a pile. That of sounds shit. like a pelvic bone or something. The Adria Vagina. What's it? What's the stupid name? Arjona. Arjona. Yeah. She's from Puerto Rico. Yeah, she's been in a lot of stuff. I mean, but she's in Six Underground, one of your favorite films, Triple Frontier, which I know you watched. She's in Pacific both. Pacific Rim Uprising. Wait, she's in. Those two movies, Triple Frontier and Six Underground. Yep, and she's in True Detective. Those are those are interchangeable, like straight to Netflixers. She's like a placebo. And so she plays the uh, doctor that's helping him come up with this cure for his blood destroying disease. She's kind of like thinking that he's doing some unethical things, but she's kind of wagging her finger at him, and you know she's kind of cocking her eyebrow at these vampire bats in this plastic cage doesn't know what's going on he's like you know you have plausible deniability just don't don't look into it too much anyway of course he he tests his little serum on a rat or a mouse a rat i guess mouse what is it mouse Mouse. and um it dies and then comes back to life so guess what nick morbius it's time it's time to test this cure on himself okay and they go out to sea with a bunch of mercenaries very strange so then they can do this experiment in international waters and then also pay homage to Dracula. I hate that thing so much. What? I hate that the ship is called the Murnau, first of all. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. And then... Um, and then, of course, it's... Yeah, they're trying to do like the, the Detimer, right? It's like the Detimer, yeah. whatever the boat's called. Drac's boat. Yeah. Yeah, there's like all the crew show up dead, you know, and yeah, it's because Dracula was feasting on his uh, trip uh, on the boat doesn't matter here's the thing nick morbius you know leto pops a syringe in his arm turns into the living vampire morbius yeah as origin stories go this may be the dumbest because mm-hmm. there's nothing special that happens he just he, he comes up with a thing and he shoots the shit in his body and he's an instant vamp he kills the all the mercenaries that the one mercenary is sexist and they make sure to tell you show that he's sexist um, and so he, you won't feel bad that he dies. And then the rest of the mercenaries that aren't sexist, I don't know. They don't seem that bad. They also get slaughtered, but the doc, the, his, his co-doctor here gets knocked out during this. And I don't think it's Morbius's fault. She just gets knocked out. And then, so yeah, so then he kills like eight people and he turns into, he turns like, and what do you think of the Morbius effects here? It's kind of, what do you think? I, the effects are bad, actually. I don't, I don't hate them kind of unique like his he's got like streaks of color or whatever clothes he's wearing is kind of like streaks because he's so fast it looks like yeah it looks like 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 when you like blood in the water like when you when you drag yeah, yeah. drag a bloody thing thing through water which i'm known yeah. to do so the big dilemma here is that he's promised he kill eight people he's not happy he he thinks that oh man i turned myself into a vampire i fucked up and i promised my best buddy milo that i would give him the cure but he can't do it. He can't. He can't turn his best friend into a monster. He does. But his best friend decides to do it for. Yeah, you know, he he's like, you know what? I'll, I'm going to palm this cure, shoot it up into me, and then he turns into the villain vampire. Where Morbius has a soul, 
And after he kills those eight people, he, he very much tries not to kill anybody else. Matt Smith's character can't wait to murder fools. He's loving the vampire life. And Morbius has to stop him. Okay, He's so like, yeah, that's the plot. That's that's the movie. And so then there's a scene. Oh God! What? What? You don't like it? I'm I'm doing a very good job describing Morbius. Let's talk about the themes. <laughs> so you kind of like this film, I remember afterward. You said you liked I, it. No, kinda. I said I didn't hate it. It's a big difference. It's the same. Uh, it's the same. Or if you meet a girl, mm-hmm. and and a friend says later on, "Do you like her?" And I say, "And you say I didn't hate her." They're not going to go buy like a wedding band, you know. There's not much to it. I mean, I don't really understand. Like, so they what what they're really after for this? I guess they want to, you know, they they still want to attach these these characters loosely to Spider Man, you know, who isn't mentioned until the end of this film, and then they drag in one of his least memorable movie villains, who, who I liked in the film, but I I like he so they Michael Keaton is in the extended scenes at the end as uh, Adrian Toomes. Yeah vulture yeah who is good in that movie i mean don't get me wrong i liked him in homecoming but i don't think anybody is excited that he's back i mean I'm, I'm always excited to see michael keaton period right but not in this instance because they gave they give him the weirdest stuff to do now daniel espinoza said that they had him figured in more of the movie and they had to reshoot it because of spider-man no way home to make it more in line with that movie so that's why it's a little confusing i guess so Spider-Man gets another victory over Morbius. That's true. You know, obviously Venom is a much maligned series to a lot of people. I love the first one. I think it's a lot of fun. Second, what about the second one? The second one's okay. It's not that good. But, I mean, neither of them is that good. I just enjoyed the first one. It's fun. What is your, what's your, your daughter think of the second one? She's a huge Venom fan. She likes them both. She likes them both. Okay. Yeah. But the second one is just, it's just, it's messy. But this movie sort of wants to be Venom. It also sort of wants to be Iron Man because Iron Man, the villain in Iron Man was basically Iron Man, another Iron Man, like an identical. I mean, Stain was basically another guy in a suit, right? And and in, right. And in this, the villain is basically another Morbius. Although I guess the villain in Venom is another Venom. So it's 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 kind of dumb because there's nothing memorable. There's no memorable characters. You, usually the villain or the hero has something exemplary about them. These guys are dreadful to look at, to talk to. Yeah, but we need to zoom in. We don't need a review. What we gotta zoom in on the, the little moments. Okay, so I don't know. I don't know if they were trying to do a Phantom of the Opera reference in this, mm-hmm. but Michael Crawford gets paged over the intercom at the hospital. And I, I don't know if that was that. Also, did you notice that all the clocks had people's names on it? Uh huh. I noticed that when I was watching the movie. Whenever they showed a close up of a clock, which is three times that I remember. There was always a name, and I it was like it was supposed to be the brand of the clock, but I have a feeling it was a reference. I'm finished zooming. Well, I mean, one of the zooms here is that he's wearing a a not smartwatch. He's wearing like a calculator watch or like a digital watch, you know, like a Timex or a Casio Casio watch. Is it a Casio watch? It's that style. And I feel like that was like supposed to tie him to his childhood. Like his, he's probably the same watch he wore when he was a kid. But like the thing is, they don't like that, that. That kind of stuff needs to be a little bit more supportive than just show shots of his watch. They keep showing his watch because he's timing how long he can go without needing blood. I know, but like, look, I know what they're doing it for, but I don't. He just looked down on his at his wrist. I don't need to see the shots of the so many shots of the watch. That saved a lot of money, though. Fair enough. Yeah. Maybe they're maybe that was a, a promotional thing. 
Can you get Morbius's watch? Is that like Morbius. Sh- is that like Schrodinger's cat? I mean, but um, yeah, that's that's the zoom I I realized. And then you know, like Jared Harris gets murdered, all that stuff. Yeah. It's just yeah, you know, he flew flits around. He, he learns how to fly in the subway. That's a cool little scene. He flies around the subway. That's realistic, you know. Yeah, he fi- he finds that he can um, he can feel the air and fly in front of things. <laughs> he flies away in front of a subway from his uh, his friend, who is a, like I said, a more violent vampire. You know, the thing is, we didn't say is that Doctor Michael Morbius. My name is. Da- what we didn't say, he this guy invented a fake artificial blood. He he, and that's what he he's not even. He's trying to caprice on artificial blood in this. That's how committed he is to being, you know, a non-human blood drinker after he kills those eight people. But the the problem he tells his his fellow doctor is that the window is closing. Every time he drinks that, it puts him into good shape for like six hours. But pretty soon, it's going to be four hours, then two hours. It's losing his effect. And I why don't you? I was like, well, why don't you just stop drinking it, dude, and just die? Or why don't you, Jared Leto, stop drinking water in real life and die? Remember Leto, when COVID happened, like he didn't know because he was on some island with all his fans and they had cut off communication from the world. Do you remember this story? I thought I I thought I lucid dreamt it. That's that's real, isn't it? It is. And he didn't know what COVID was like. He came back into the world with COVID. And he is like, huh? And so, yeah, that was real. Like he was on a, he was being like kind of, he has like, some people say it's like a cult of his fans. They paid to be on an island with one Jared Leto. Oof. You know that there was some sex mm-hmm. involved. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, unstoppable, this guy. Yeah, he was out, he was running roughshod over some shit. What it does, though, it does create a situation where you're not allowed to ask, how's this COVID? He didn't know about COVID. He's like, I'm on a plane. Why? I'm wearing a mask all the way across the sea. How's my COVID? You know, he's like, why am I wearing a COVID mask? I don't even know what COVID is. And I'm wearing it. I'm wearing it. I remember they told him about it. They said, you actually say, are you sitting down? Uh, COVID is sweeping. And the he world. said, yes, Everybody's I'm on a groupie's face right now. What, what was, <laughs> what's your question? And he said, uh, I got to shoot Morbius. Like he got, he flipped out. We got to do it. We got to break all the rules and get this done. Did they shoot Morbius in the bubble? Is this a bubble, the COVID film? Was it pre-COVID and they just waited and waited and waited until COVID was over to release it? I think I think this is before COVID. Jared Leto is a 50-year-old man, by the way. Zoom in. Really? It looks good. Older than us. Looks, Older than us. Looks good for 50, that's for sure. And he looks worse than us. Let's just be honest. Let's zoom in. Looks worse than us. He wishes. So anyway, yeah, that's Morbius. Yeah, it's it's a tough sit, I'd say. It's a tough set. He's got, there is not a moment of charisma in the movie. Mm-mm. There's not a, it's not funny. It's, it's maudlin. It's just not good. It's not, it's not good to look at him for periods of time. There's some laughs. I, I did laugh a couple of times at Al Madrigal. He plays a, uh, a cop in this. It's investigating these uh, deaths that keep happening. These, and it looks like, People are getting their blood drained. So I mean, they are getting their blood drained. So I did appreciate him in, in the movie a little bit. And Tyrese Gibson's in it uh, as a fellow cop, the lead detective. One of the, you know, they, one of our greatest talents. <laughs> I think that's it, right? There was not a whole lot of cast in this. If it's, you, it's a pretty, 
if you were to watch Al Madrigal's stuff on its own, outside of Morbius, you wouldn't even look twice. But because it's up pro- against... I, you know, I, yeah, he was a little bit of a relief during a kind of an unrelenting, you know, just there picture. But It's um, like when you're, okay. if you're in jury duty and there's someone who's mildly mm-hmm. talking, you know, we're talking to, but who you'd never talk to outside of jury duty... That's what Al Madrigal's character is in this. They this movie is interesting because um, there's been there's there has been some defenders online that have been saying people are too hard on Morbius and that it's it's perfectly fine if not just it's just perfectly good they say and that that the pile on is is unwarranted. Sony just uh, took a soundbite from this podcast, the part where you said this movie is interesting, and they just cut that part and. It's going to be syndicating all over TV now. Thank you. Well, I mean, Rotten Tomatoes, there's got to be a few people on Rotten Tomatoes that liked it, right? Rotten Tomatoes doesn't count. It doesn't mean anything. Check it in. Let's check it in. It's got 16% right now, Rotten Tomatoes. All you have to do is have cells to have a Rotten Tomatoes account. You have to exist on some sort of molecular level to have a Rotten Tomatoes to be a critic in their eyes. I see one positive review so far. What's its number? 16%. 16%. Killing it. Yeah. It's like James Bernardinelli. Oh, that guy's still around. He's, but he was from real views. He was around he when says, I was doing this shit. He sucked then. He said, despite, he didn't like it. I guess I, I, I misspoke. He's the top critic. He says, despite only being a little over 90 minutes long, Morbius is a chore to sit through. It lacks imagination, zest and a thrill of discovery. The best thing about Mark, if you go to Rotten Tomatoes and you look at, if you go to that page where it's a list of things, it's amazing how many awful people exist where their website is their name. How fucked. It's like Wendigo Paulson says uh, from wendigopaulson.com, this movie really sucks, you know? But I wonder, do you think it'll rock its way to a sequel? There's. You think the rumors are the rumors are that they want to do a Sinister Six movie. With Morbius and now the Vulture, I guess is part of. Is it, were they? They weren't in. Like, what? Who was in the Sinister Six? I don't know that. I think Electro was. Maybe mm-hmm. Hobby Gobs, Silver Sable, something. I don't remember. So they had some top tier. I mean, Morbius, Man, like Killer that's Strike, the thing is. And at the end of the movie, when he's talking to Vulture, and he's like, "Do you want to partner up with me and take on Spider Man?" I guess that's kind of what they say. There's some. They mentioned Spider Man. And 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 Morbius like or the, you know he's like yeah oh yeah you know he's like I want I want people to watch my movie I want it, I want in and the whole time he's like been saving the day and trying not to turn into a a blood sucking bastard and now he wants to take on Spidey maybe it's the the version of Spider Man where everybody thinks he killed what's you know the Mysterio and so they think he's the bad guy I don't know it's confusing the multiverse is confusing Nick. I watched that. Morbius. I watched a deleted scene from the original Blade movie where they had a cameo of Morbius, but it's just some dude on a rooftop that you can't see. Yeah, and they cut it out because they realize that no one's going to care or know who Morbius is, right? I mean, that has to be it. Whoever that, that editor deserves a gold star for being so right. The rumors aren't aren't true. Morbius isn't going to be in Blade, breaking all the nerds' hearts. But yeah, I mean, this isn't a character I, I imagine that a lot of people know. No, even comic book nerds probably don't care that much about him right my favorite moment from the trailer is not in this movie what's that what is it i don't remember the trailer there's a scene where somebody you know he, he does that face and, and they ask who he is and he goes i'm venom which is still in the movie 
But then in the in the trailer, he goes, "I'm just kidding." Doctor Michael Morbius at your service, which was cute. Cut from the oh, movie. that's right. Cut from he the cut movie. from the movie. Yeah, well, they have to. They kind of made it more him more of a threat. I guess they don't want him to be cute. He he does have that weird ear thing. He can hear. He can hear. And um, it, he can hear things. And his ears look weird and vibrate, and I don't like it. It grosses me gross. Yeah, they make his ears look like... Um, it has like a... Uh, like, I don't know what. They, veiny? Or they pulsate. Like, with, looks like radar. It looks like veiny radar. That was, and he always they always zoom in on his ears to show that he... To tell you he's hearing. He's hearing things right now. We, in a very vampiric way. We have come a long way in like three episodes. Mm-hmm. A mere three episodes ago, Rick Baker was manhandling Robert, uh, Jack Nicholson's ears to make uh-huh. him make him listen, and, and then three episodes later, talented CG artists are throwing. What did you call it? What did you call his? You said a gross word. Veiny. 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 Yeah, he said it's veiny. Veiny radar. Veiny. Yeah, radar. <laughs> right. The best is like when they. When they list his powers out, did they? Is it like a bulleted list where they're like, drinks blood, can fly, can hear, and is that it? Can't, what else can he do? He, well, I'll tell you, they didn't include emote as one of his options. And he can get, he can turn his. He always goes into that CGI vampire face when he when he's real serious or when he can't control himself. Well, Matt Smith does too. Like they really have a lot yeah. of fun having him bounce around, looking weird and shitting out. I mean, Matt Smith, what do you think of him in this? I know you said you didn't like him. I hate him. As an actor. What do you think of him? You said you kind of liked him in this, I thought. No. I no? Did, no. And, and and the reviews, like, that's that's the thing that everybody in the reviews is saying, that he's he's having the time of his life. He's a, he's He knows what kind of movie he's in. He's doing it great. Nope. Boring me to death. Like, he gets to have a little bit more fun, I guess, because he's the bad guy. But um, I just hate the idea that Jared Leto got a paycheck. Every time he was there, like every couple of yeah. weeks, a check went through to his bank account. How much he got paid for this? Millions, millions, probably, right? You don't get Jared Leto on your phone without giving up millions. It scares me, man. Wonder what he bought with that Morbius money. Let's let's think about this. Uh, he probably bought a platinum chair to look to like sit into. You think so? Yeah, I cannot imagine there is a, a human being on planet Earth mm-hmm. honed up to buy a ticket. Based on the fact it's Jared Leto, like I, I did not want to see a Morbius movie, but I do want to see a Jared Leto Morbius movie. Wonder if he bought like an an- animatronic uh, Brontosaurus, actual size that he rides. Can you imagine? Then it would with the saddle all worth it. That'd be all worth it then. Leto got too much money, but wonder what he spends it on. How's he spend, Nick? How's he spend on? What's he spend it on? I, I think it can't mm-hmm. be. It can't be. A fancy car. It's a, he's like I got he got a star prism, you know that shimmers in the in the in the wet night, you know, like or or some sort of a you know a shard, like a, a weird shard of something that no. You think you bought a shard? Yeah. You think you bought a shard with his Morbius yeah, money? Yeah. A cosmic shard? This is yeah it, it, yeah mm-hmm. yeah sh- sh- yeah. He's like, hey, you go, you guys want to come over to the shard room and see it? You have a sh- yeah, Jared. You have a shard room? Yeah, it's twelve hundred square feet of shard rooms. You have to go through the pestilence chamber to get there, but you need to see this shard. Maybe it collects, maybe it collects lava, yeah. you know, something like that. Like it's real hard to collect lava, but maybe he's like trying to get some from every active volcano and then scoop it, you know, with like an ice cream scooper and put it in like a diamond casement. I don't know how it would work. Yeah, just I'm spitballing. I'm thinking. 
like, would they would you would you would they re- lower you down on a wire into the helicopter and you just get like an ice cream scooper well i'm just just follow me here scoop the lava up into a diamond made encasement what is this am i close yeah and you're driving you're driving through the hollywood hills and you look mm-hmm. and he's like who lives here at this address Mm-hmm. And uh, that's Jared Leto's place. You look, and it's a beanstalk that trails up into the sky. That makes me like him, and maybe even forgive all these unfounded allegations. Clear my man's name. There's a. I'd rather them clear the other Jared, who had allegations <laughs> before him. There is absolutely no way he isn't a piece of shit, Jared Leto. We, we'll, we know this, and um, but if he collects lava. I mean, has it labeled in his cl- in his bedroom closet? Um, anyway, this Morbius. Yeah, we did it. We zoomed in on it. Did we? Is there sex in this thing? There's a kiss. There's a smooch. The doctor, his co, his his is his love interest, his coworker, and she's really she's got the hots for Doctor Michael Morbius somehow. I don't know why. There is a bat he, autopsy, so that's cool. There is. There's. Uh, yeah. Let's see what else happened in this thing. What is? Is there anything cool? That's a that's a negative. Does he he wears a hoodie at one point, right? I think. Does he ghost protocol around town? I think he might ghost protocol a little bit in this. Does he look through binoculars, or is there anything that really sets him apart? Does he does he shelter himself against the wind as he's walking? Is there anything neat about him? I can't think of those happening. I don't think he wore a monocle at any point. Does he do anything like do, kind of? Do we get to see him feed? Does he have a kind of? Does he have a like a pizza or some steak? Is he ever cooking eggs? You know, I think he turns down some food because he, he he's blood only at the end. Okay, that's his only. Right. He's blood only. He's on the blood. Yeah. Yeah. They fight in the. They, there's a huge fight outside. Was they're shooting through the sky. Oh yeah. Fighting each other hard. That happens. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, CGI vamp fighting at the end, and then of course Doctor Michael Morbius puts the anti vamp anti-cure i guess the a vampire cure and his friend that kills him he doesn't do that to himself he poisons him remember yeah he poisons him yeah and his friend his he, friend sort of sort of softens up as he's leaving he's like you can't kill me you named me and you know in that scene jared leto almost looks sad they go i got a date with the vulture i gotta see what he's got what he's doing adrian tombs he's back we did it that's we did why it. we don't do new movies well, look, we're keeping it short. Like you, you, yeah. You, I don't. I didn't want to go beat for beat. I don't really remember beat for beat. Morbius was a movie. It was a feature. It had all the pieces of a film. Sounds like you're delivering a eulogy. Morbius was a movie. We can agree on that. Look, you're sitting there in the tattoo parlor, and the the nonplussed artisan when he heard that you just got back from Morbs, he's like, "God damn it!" Here goes six hours. <laughs> what what what'd you get and put on your desk? What am I getting tattooed from this movie on to me, huh? This is Slim Pickens here. I got an ankle tat, and it's that bat autopsy spread out, mm-hmm. spread open. I think it's called bat topsy. Like, I think you can just combine it. It's spread out. It's you know how like they, sometimes they'll put the pins inside the body, holding it, holding pieces down and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And then one of the pins got a little tiny flag on it. Says more was here. <sighs> Cute. Do you remember where you were I, during Bat Topsy? <laughs> Thank you for for trying to make that work. I certainly didn't make it work. Here's the thing. I would get 
just because something I always wanted, not necessarily from this film, but I'll take what I can get. I get Jared Harris tattooed on my uh, on my solar plexus and uh, a, a disappointed and regretful looking Jared Harris. Um, that's kind of how he looks. You know, I, I'm, you know, I, as he is getting get killed by a person that he helped live for so long, mm-hmm. he looks like he made a quite a mistake. And then he also sad that a person that he's loved has turned so violent. And that's the exact look I'd get. They should have regretful Jared Harris on my on my person. Every time that Jared Harris shows up on the screen, they should have done a flashback to where he is sitting there playing the dulcimer for those two crippled individuals. Right. Like I, I learned to play the dulcimer. Here you go, little guys. You have a blood destroying right. disease, so he's doing like blood destroying songs for them. <laughs> He's like, yeah, baby, let me be your blood destroyer. Hmm. You know, like sounds like sounds like Jared Harris. Siri. Yeah. yeah, no, he I, I imagine he would cheer them up. I don't think he would sing specifically about their blood destroying disease. Do you Did he would he sing about their disease or would he try to sing stuff to take their minds off of their disease? I, I'm trying to get in your mind here. You think he would target songs specifically <laughs> about their disease and on the dulcimer yes yeah Yeah, just think about their how the disease is killing them and they'll soon be gone from this earth and and there's a scene where dr michael morbius is frantically working on his virus in his little special Mm -hmm. inoculation right pops on some ear pods and is listening to the soundcloud of jared harris (laughs) it's called dulcimer blood volume two He's written two album album uh, long versions, yeah, like full of songs. Like, yeah, wow, filled two albums, huh? And, and SoundCloud. So he, you're, maybe it's a it's a almost a vampiric relationship from his side. Right. He's like, it's like I enter a fugue state, and then I wake up at the dulcimer right. with a ditty on canvas. Mm-hmm. You know, right? Written in destroyed blood. He takes their destroyed blood from their bodies and writes dulcimer songs. <laughs> sounds, sounds about right. Sounds selfish Matt, for caregiver, a, caregivers to do such a thing. But Michael Barbius, you spent the majority of June and July in your room, sweating ass, unable mm-hmm. to do much. You had a dull summer. Are, are these lyrics? You, you had a dull summer. I, however, have a dull simmer. And right here is my Led Zeppelin tinged opus. You guys inspire. You know, he could lead with that. You guys, your relationship, your situation inspires me. It brings out the best. It brings out my musical side, my dulcimer side. Yeah. Let me just run through a couple of my rough drafts with you, if that's okay. You guys sit there. Oh, you can't go anywhere? All right. And then let me just go through them and get some feedback. This one's called Your Blood Destroying Disease. <laughs> To be followed thereafter by Beefheart Blood Bag, which is sort of the sea shanty about your blood destroying. <laughs> this makes his death in the movie at the hands of Milo, uh, at the teeth of, well, actually the hands, the claws, I much easier to understand. And his line, everyone's a critic, his final words also makes sense. And now that makes sense. Look, the movie's over and the credits have rolled. And lo and behold, there's a stinger. Now, Grant, the film already has two stingers. but there's Yeah, hard to top those. There's another mm-hmm. one coming, dog. Yeah, it's hard to think. 
what this could be. So mine is very simple. Yeah. Dr. Michael Morbius is on the run, Mm -hmm. but he's sort of a folk hero for what he's done. Sure. So he is, he's thinking he has dodged Johnny Law. He is holed up in a cottage. No one knows who he is. Knock at the door. Uh Uh-oh. I've been found out. And it's a gentleman in a suit from PepsiCo, I believe. Or maybe Coca-Cola Company. Mm -hmm. And he's like, we need a sponsorship deal with Mr. Michael Morbius for Mountain Dew Blood Destroyer Red. Would you please... (laughs) He gets his own own Mountain Dew. (laughs) Yeah, that, that would be something. Mountain Dew does experiment with their flavors, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They got something weird going on right now that uh, Charlie from uh, Sony is promoting, or uh, Charlie Day. Really? Yeah, he's like he's like the Mountain Dew guy right now. Zoom in. That's um, what stormtroopers did in Star Wars too, right? What Mountain Dew? I mean, they were for Mountain Dew for a while. <laughs> I mean, they were. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Yeah, my scene is a very frust like the lead scene is very frustrated. Uh, Dr. Michael Morbius sitting in his lab with the centrifuge, all that stuff going off, computers bleeping and blopping. And he's, he's, his hair is wild and he's like, that didn't work. That cure didn't work. God damn it. What do I do? I know. And then it cuts to, he's back helicoptering away down to um, South America. Right? Yeah. Their guys, oh, they, the the people that are working with them that are taking them, they're like, oh god, not the vampire bats again. And Leto looks at him, is like, not going to the vampire bat cave. That's done. I tried it, didn't work. Going to the Frankenstein's monster bat cave, and then swing, then swing by the after that, swing by the mummy bat cave. Right. You know what I'm saying? And then if you guys have time, get me over to the werewolf bat cave. Yeah. If you guys can maybe think about it another monster bat i don't you can fill in the blank you're missing one universal monster am i creature from the black dog invisible man invisible man vampire bat (laughs) invisible man pirate bat that's what he wants that's the good one invisible man pirate bat yeah crushed it this is an incredible extended scene Nailed it. <laughs> Look, the film has been escrowed its ass off, and you have been given the budget to have your own sequel to this. Whoa. Ooh, got a little got a little bleep here. Someone liking my joke already. Liking my extent. Someone texted me. They said, that's a great one, that, that extended scene. How did they hear it, Nick? It's funny because they won't on the finished podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, continue. Sequel, man. Yeah. This is a first for the movie Microscope. My sequel okay. is a short film. It's not even a feature. It's the first time a sequel to a major film has been a short film. And it's a student film. And it is uh, somebody interviewing everyone who bought a ticket to this movie. So we're in this movie. Yeah. It's a, a six-minute long movie. I like how you keep saying that. It made money. What you don't realize is one of the things that Jared Leto has right next to his fucking lava collection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He also has a... A seventeen million dollar ticket that he uh, had made. 
<laughs> and he put one in a box office in New York and one in L.A. Oh, oh, okay. So wow. Yeah, so the, you I take you take those two seventeen million dollar tickets out of the total box office. Sure. It's a very small. It's it's a very small group of, of winners. Sounds like a very fucked up Willy Wonka situation where everybody's clamoring to get something that they realize the prize is a nightmare. Right. The tickets. The golden ticket, Nick. By the way, there um, was a, a. I think there was an, a comic book creator named Michael Moorcock back in the eighties. I think you're right, yeah. and I think you're right. I, I think I like him more than Doctor Michael Morbius. Uh so yeah. This and by the way, Gil Kane created this character, co-created this character with uh, Roy Thomas, I believe. Zoom in. Just a little little knowledge here. My sequel would be that Morbius throws himself off a skyscraper and dies, and the world moves on <laughs> and it's just a movie about how life goes on actually the doctor his co-doctor um dies his co-worker she doesn't she wakes up remember he he gives her the vamp life and so she's now a vampire too but they don't she they just show her opening her eyes at the end yeah that was huge um so she opens her eyes and hurls herself off a skyscraper as well so <laughs> that's it cool yeah it is cool actually it's the first time i've actually gotten a boner from this show Look, you've been given escrow again to create your own business associate with. We should really think, like, before we get to that, do you think we should really think of what a sequel could be? What could a sequel be? For real, like, if they're thinking, oh, God, we got to do a sequel, what could the story be? Is he trying to not be a vampire? Is he trying to cure, like, still find a cure for his blood-destroying disease, but also not be a vampire? Is he find, trying to find two cures? Maybe he just breaks his finger. Yeah, and he's trying to deal with that. He's like trying to, trying to get that finger splinted up and then healed. Yeah, or maybe, sounds... or maybe he just wants to get laid as fuck. You know? Do you think he'll start like craving human blood? Is that his dilemma? Is he he tries to stay good, but he can't? Like he's just he got to get his teeth into a human being, right? Oh, that's his that's his dilemma, right? Or maybe he just like hmm. starts licking. He like goes to the hemophiliac ward and starts licking. Starts licking because yeah. they have those at okay. hospitals now. So anyway, look, you have a business. Mine, <sighs> mine's amazing. It's a, sure. it's a little, it's a little bag, and inside of that bag is a little lumpy Doctor Michael Morbius, a little cutie. That mm-hmm. uh, it's one of those things. It's like made of like a rubberized material that you put in water to make it grow. Okay, it's a little Morbius grower, right? Yeah, and you put it in water for about three or four days, and it grows to one point three times its natural size. Okay. So it's a slightly larger Michael Morbius. Let's let's sit in the water looking at you. Yeah. And then you hurl that into the trash and go back about you. <laughs> I, I guess I'd start, you know, re- Morbius a restaurant, Morbius restaurant, and it's just there's two items on the menu, real or artificial, right? Mm-hmm. You know, two high priced items, real or artificial, and they of course we have soft drinks. I wish this episode well. also crashed the server. <laughs> I wish this recording also was a failure. I mean, I think we're there. And so just <laughs> blood pouches they bring in you. It's either real real blood, but not real blood. It's just red. Right. Or the blue blood. That's the artificial blood that he squeezes into his mouth in the, the movie. And that's blueberry flavored. Yeah. Blue raspberry. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a slushy. It's a slushy restaurant. Blue ba- blueberry bees. <laughs> Is there a slushy restaurant? 
I'm on to something now. There should be. Oh my god, maybe we just I don't know if there is a I know there's snow cone restaurants, but is there a slushy restaurant? There's a snow restaurant. It's not a snow cone restaurant. Get off my I mean, let's just it's snow it's a snow cone place. A parlor. There is no snow but, cone place, parlor. There is. There I went to one here. What? Yeah. I don't know if it's still here, but yeah, I went to one here. I, there's cone. a place I go to at the beach that's an airstream that's a snow cone place, but I didn't know they did it here. Yeah, there was like a couple years ago with my friend. And I, I should have gone back because it was kind of fun. I'm, I'm, I'm going to look. That's a pretty good business idea that you ripped. Look, you're in the movie. You've mm-hmm. been sort of the running time of Morbius. What shape does your performance take? You're going to be a character in this? So I'm a gangbanger. Okay. And I, uh, I show up. I, 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 my plane lands, I fucking get into a taxi and I, I show up right at Dr. Morbius's lab and I start fucking up with him because I'm a blood destroyer. Not you. Yeah. Colors. Colors. You know? Oh yeah. 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 And, and he's like, I, I do not know of what you speak. I have spent all of my time in the lab trying to cure my blood disease. I apologize if I've offended you. And I, you know, I just, I'm swole up. I've got, you know, pissed out. It was a misunderstanding. It was generous enough as to let me book Expedia travel through his personal account, and I fly back to Los Angeles and go back, you know. Mm-hmm. It's a huge misunderstanding. Well, I like that character. My character is, I'm one of the vampire bats that's stuck in this lab. He's got a, he's got a bat this... tunnel in the middle of his lab. So great. Yeah, like a tunnel. And, and so they're flapping around in there, and I, I get... I, I grab all my, you know, I don't know how many, a couple hundred of us in here. And I go, guys, I communicate with them that we got to do. And so I just, I spend all this time and I, and, and finally Morbius at the end of the movie comes in and he looks and he does like a double take. He looks in there and we're in the air hovering in air spelling out, you're welcome. You know, it's kind of like sky writing, but with vampire bats. This is performance art in this episode. We're... <laughs> It's just it's just said after mine. Yours are your mine are terrible. I will admit these are awful. But I didn't take notes during the movie, and I'm just trying. No, no, this whole thing is just we are mirroring. We're it's garbage in, garbage out. It's blo- We're worse than Morbius. Blood in, blood out. Oh no, it could be. By the actually, way, it could be my least best fa- my least favorite part of the whole movie is when he you know he's got this fancy high tech lab that's being funded by you know Matt Smith's character. Sure. And then he kill he, he goes and busts up a counterfeiting ring and repurposes all their equipment to recreate his lab. So he creates a hey. centrifuge from counterfeiting equipment. Yeah, he dark he dark mans. Except it doesn't make the lick of sense. He he needs to com he needs to, to he needs to commandeer their lab. He needs to take it over and he scares them by pulling a Morbius face and they skedaddle and he's like then he sets up shop because he can't go back to his his other lab because he's wanted for murder. Right. I understand the plot. I don't know if you do, but he, you can't just take counterfeiting equipment and all of a sudden have a vampire lab. You can, if you're Dr. Michael, by the way, did you notice that there was the place looked like it was from sound of thunder because there was all these Mm -hmm. cinder blocks with weeds growing around them. (laughs) The guy from sound of thunder is in this movie. That's right. Uh, The guy from Hellboy. He's got. Um, and then he's got, wait, 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 then wait, wait, my, wait. Hold on, his name is on the tip of my shit. Corey, 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 something. Yeah. yeah, he's in everything. He's the he's the sexist mercenary that gets killed right away. 
Oh, he was also in. Um, By the way, that's one uh, of my you know, favorite prepackaged Halloween costumes. Sexist mercenary. <laughs> I wore that last he, year. Corey Johnson. Yeah. He was. He was also in um, that that movie with uh, the alien movie we did that was insane with uh yeah yeah, yeah. what's her yeah, face fifth, the fifth kind or the fifth element or whatever it's called the fourth kind yeah. is the fourth kind yeah, yeah. by the way what mm-hmm. what'd you call him Corey? what's his name Corey johnson yeah that's what aaron eckhart tried to give hillary swank what are you talking about he's like let me you want i'm gonna give you my Corey johnson The core, the core reference. I finally got there. An incredible Bruce Greenwood performance in that. Fake blood all over our French victim. They call that the Checky Caro syrup. That's true. Fair Uh, enough. Anyway, I was going to say that in this new lab that he sets up, my character, the vampire bat, would have would huddle up everybody and then get, you know, spell out in there. What are we doing here? And, and know, then he goes, and then some of the bats being the question they're like, mark. They're like, Guano, 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 <laughs> we're doing here. I think it'd be great if in this movie, the vampire bats were cute and fun and like had like, they're causing like all sorts of hijinks. He's just trying to draw their blood and they're like, they're goofing on them. They're playing pranks and they're kind of lovable. Everybody's like kind of loving the vampire bats in this. Right. They got personalities. Mm-hmm. You know, one of them wears like one of those like Rip Van Winkle caps. Yeah. It could, it could, you know, they're playing jacks in that little tube, right? Playing jacks, you know, yeah. One of them's having lucky charms, like menstrual you know, cycles, things like that. Yeah. Well, I don't know about that, but crying at Patch Adams that he has on, you know, is playing it for them on his iPad, right? You, you poo pooed my idea, but it's actually, it's, it's, it's incredible. Yeah. I could spin this for hours. Yeah. Look, you've got to incorporate Morbius into your life in some sort of a ritual. I was hoping you'd skip this one. You got to court you. Now that we saw the movie, we have to uh, incorporate it. My, into mine's easy. I whip out a snarl. Like I whip out a snarl. You know, I'm at the, I'm at the grocery store and you know, I, somebody right. like my, my shopping cart mm-hmm. and somebody else's shopping cart are about to occupy the same space. I snarl. Yeah. I thought I, I whip out a snarl at that person, you know, sure. I gnash my face like a, like a morb. You know, maybe I'm at the gas station. I look across the pump. Some guy's got his music on. He's he's he's, he's playing it through really loud with the windows down at the gas pump. I, give, I, throw, I whip out a snarl. Right. You know. Yeah. Like maybe maybe we're, I'm tag teaming tag teaming a hooker with some guy. I look at him. I snarl. <laughs> <laughs> he had me at tag teaming. <laughs> He was great. I, he was great as Jigsaw. <laughs> we on an earlier version of this aborted podcast, we were talking about Bruce Willis a little bit. Yeah, did we not talk about him? This no, one? no. But here's something great. Yeah, there was a movie, like The Verdict or something like that, that that he he was in as an extra. Yeah, it was before he. You know, it was just he was just a an extra, and it's him and Tobin Bell next for each other as extras is it really yeah wow so no we had just to catch you guys up on an episode you'll never hear we've recorded six versions that's why this sucks so bad and well yeah we were talking about how we always would make fun of bruce willis because we couldn't believe that he was doing such shit movies just for a payday and then we you know this 
horrible news that came out made us made us a little sad. Well, and, it uh, made me sad for a different reason because I I, know. I want him to be, I want him to get healthy. Right. I want, get, I want him to be better. I want him to be better. I want his health to improve. For why? So I can hate him legally. I want to hate him again. I want to be able to hate him without feeling bad about hating him. And so he needs to get healthy so I can hate him. And maybe, you know, so his family's happy too. But yeah, I really don't like not being able to hate Bruce Willis. Right. Yeah. Um, it's a strange story. And I, I you know, wish I, I, I wish him the, anyway, it doesn't matter. I just made me sad and, and um, made me realize how many movies I did love him in. So what's your favorite? So don't even I haven't seen any um I, my favorite all-time Bruce Willis stuff is Moonlighting for, believe it or not that's I loved him so much on the first two seasons of that show I used to watch it with my dad I, I love that show yeah that's um, one of my that, yeah I used to watch it for Alice Beasley and hang around for Bruce he was so funny on that it's like he invented like I don't know what it was it was old school but it was also like he just was so charismatic and then of course you know die hard and all that stuff but what, what about you Ain't fucking moonlighting. That's dumb. Have you? I bet you, if you were to watch moonlighting now, you'd be a. a, 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 a I probably embar- wouldn't hold up as much, but he was. He's kind of undeniable on that yeah, he's, show. He's my favorite. Um, he's he's my favorite part of Pulp Fiction. Bruce Willis is he really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, my what I would take incorporated this movie into my life is remember the nurse that gets killed by Milo. Remember her? It's like you a horror scene, kidding? and then they, yeah. And then they revisit her body the next day and she's all jacked up against the wall weird. Mm-hmm. Like she's got her neck like kind of pressed up against the wall. She's in this weird position where she her feet are kind of splayed out. And she looks like she's kind of asleep, but like doesn't look that natural. That looks like a good stretching exercise that I might I might just get into that that nurse's, you know, the drained nurse's position every morning and just get my, you know, wake up in kind of a yoga do a yoga pose or something sort of. Yeah. That's the other, that's the other Halloween costume I recently bought was drained, drained nurse. Well, you did dress up this last Halloween. You did buy a costume I, or put one together. I sure so did. I, I believe you. first time I've done it mm-hmm. since I was a little child. I got my Halloween costume already wearing a fake finger. That'll be my Halloween costume, Nick walking around with a fake finger. Yeah. I'm going as uh, going as Corey Johnson next. Uh, look, well, I guarantee you would be the first person in the world and the last <laughs> to dress up as actor Corey Johnson. <laughs> There's no one that's done it, and no one who ever will do it. So if you do it, that is a that's sort of a an original. That's a, that's a win. That's a huge win. Do it. I mean, they, you cannot be repeated. No one else has done it. No one else will do it. Yeah, I'd ha- what movie would you pick? What movie would you be Corey Johnson from for your costume? It'd be either, either Hellboy or Sound of Thunder. Yeah, and, put some and I would it. use the Will the Bill Paxton Chet wig to to approximate his hair. <laughs> the Chet wig. Yeah, the the, the, the sh- Bill Paxton Weird Science Chet wig. What do you mean he didn't have he had short hair on that he had buzz he had cut. little spiky hair Military which man. looked it, it looked thin just like Corey johnson's hair oh okay yeah yeah okay you do a you do a, a buzz cut wig. yeah i've never heard of that before yeah, okay yeah. by the way did you what did you think of that musical 
That's got wig and the angry inch. No, Ch- Chetwig and the angry inch. <laughs> well, I mean, it's great. You're not. I liked it a little bit less than the musical. My musical about Morbius. What's it called? Doctor Michael Morbius. My name is. Oh, okay. It's good, right? Dulcimer, it's Dulcimer good, right? Blood. It's not as good as that. Uh, no man is an island, as Doctor Michael Morbius proves. But you're on an island, and you got to sure. take something from Morbius. You collected mm. detritus and debris from films over the various years, and now it's time to take something from Morbius. What do you got? It's true. Man, that's a good question. Thank you. What would I take from this, huh? You got some. There's something that they leave unresolved in the movie, and I and I resolve it. Okay. Chittering around in the floor of my hut is a resurrected mouse. Oh yeah, a little a forever mouse. You know, I've got a forever mouse. Sure. Forever mouse who's completely thrilled to be around. All he needs a, a very finite amount of blood in that little mouth. You know. Mm-hmm. No shortage of blood on my island, if you know what I'm saying. Plenty of things bleeding out on a regular. So I will let that little mouse dip its mouth into the bloody the bloody thing that I got with me at any given time. You know? And we will we will like I will get down on all fours and lap next to that little cutie. Wait, are you saying the mouse is, is a vampire mouse? Well yeah, he get, how can it not be? It's true. They don't really go into that. You're right. The world's cutest vampire. Uh disagree. Where do you does it have bot does it have bodies to its name? No, it's a cute little fuck. But that's why I just said it's a it's the sweetest little vampire. That's what I and, said. You and disagreed. honestly, the, and here's when he gets down on he when he gets down to drink blood off the floor. Yeah, he curls his little paws up like little balls, and and so he can get down even closer to the ground. So imagine yeah. that, and your heart breaks with cuteness. That is cute. Is, does it eat? What does it eat? Cats? Like what is? Who's it draining? It just likes blood. So it's just little, little tiny licks. You know, little tiny blood licks at the bottom. It doesn't suck. Yeah. Licks. It licks. It blood. licks blood, and it's just it gets as close to the ground as it can, and it even gets. You've made that quite clear. <laughs> does it get close to the ground? <laughs> even on his elbows down there. Looking like, like a like a little pyramid on its side, drinking. <laughs> Ima- hey, imagine, do, do me a, imagine. Do me a favor. Do me a favor. Paint a picture for me. What's it look like? What are you lapping up blood? It's a drinking pyramid. How close to the ground. Just is a drinking pyramid. <laughs> Just imagine the cutest pyramid drinking. <laughs> What about you? Uh, you know, I got one fear on my island. I'm scared. I'm scared of the fish. I'm scared there might be a vamp- vampire fish. I had a nightmare. I'm scared that, you know, because I like to, who doesn't like to get in the water up to their ankles, up to their knees even? But I get nervous, not of piranhas, not of any. I'm just scared there's a vampire fish. So I'm taking that um, vial of holy water that Al Madrigal has with him in the interrogation room. You know, that looks like a little nail polish, polish holder filled with holy water. Mm-hmm. And that is on my person 24-7, right? Mm-hmm. In case there is such a thing as a vampire fish, or I guess any... Like thing. a Nosferacuda or like a... And um, just strutting around confident, holding that little vial. Perfect. I nailed it. 
I couldn't really think of what else to take. I, I, there's not too many items that I remember from this movie. It's it, the, my mem- my memory's patchy. Yeah, I, I on what the I movie took me a curveball when she came back to life. It, it fucked up my island a lot. Oh, uh, you're gonna take her? Okay. <laughs> well, you could take Jared Harris. Nah, up. You could take Matt Smith. No way. Can you imagine looking at that on a daily basis? No way. You could take Corey Johnson, actually. Was he in it? By, by the way, know. it's the Demeter. It's not the Detmer. It's the Demeter is the name of that boat. Is it the Demeter? I don't. I guess I can't remember. I just and know if, that it, it, I know there were. And it's funny because like I was working. It's one of the best screenplays I've re- ever read. There was a the yeah. guys that were doing Brad. I think they're ma- I think they're making that movie. Brad Fisher, the guy that he did Zodiac. He was the guy I worked on that Simple Machines project with. He had he was gonna that was gonna be one of their big movies, The Last Voyage of the Demeter or whatever. Right. I think they made it. Oh my recently. Like that movie actually is happening? I think so. You love the screenplay. I loved it so much. You're right. twenty twenty three. I think that they um, I wonder if it's a, I wonder if he's still involved. Do law up in this. He is. He is still involved. Let's see. Yeah, David uh Dashmalian's in it. I think he's playing Dracula. That's fitting. Liam Cunningham, he's Oh maybe oh. not. Yeah, they're making it. So while well, he's still involved, huh? Oh, it's the guy that did uh, Nightwatch or whatever. What's the guy that? Uh, yeah, Troll Hunter and. Um, oh, it's that guy. And scary stories. And troll, yeah. Um, yeah. It's in post production. They shot it. That's funny. That was one of the best screenplays I ever read. And I, I hope. Is it like super scary? Like, why did you like it so much? It was just. It was. It wasn't scary. No, it, it was. It was just elegant and and really and really. It was creepy as shit, but it was just beautiful. And and it was a great yeah. And it's kind of a throwaway, like it's kind of a throwaway line from the original novel, right? Like it's yeah. just like the ship arrived, the crew's dead, right? Yeah. Of the throwaway lines in Dracula, that's the better one to make the movie about. It's not a throwaway line, but it's it's not like they ever they just kind of made a movie around like just this passage about this eerie passage from the yeah, book, right? I mean, if I remember, because yeah. right. I I didn't. They probably couldn't have made about a movie about the other throwaway line. Dracula scratches his balls and then smells his hand. Different kind of voyage. Stand. Isn't it bad?
This is my place to carry the load